ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I am very excited to have a special guest with me today. I have my midwife, Rebecca. Hi. Thanks so, so good much to be for here. joining me. Yes. So Rebecca and I have known each other, oh goodness, Ivy's a little over a year and a half. So just over a year and a half. If you have heard my episode that I did on our baby's birth stories, you'll hear a little bit about Roots and Wings midwifery. And Rebecca was the one that caught my baby with like 10 minutes to spare. Um, So in that episode, I kind of just share really the journey that I have been on with birth through the births of my kids. Um, My first two were hospital births. Um, Ivy was my first natural birth. She was also a home birth. That was a last minute switch. We switched at 34 weeks due to COVID craziness and me just not being comfortable delivering at the hospital to having a home birth. And I share in that episode how wonderful that was. Um, But Ivy came fast and furious I think Rebecca was here about 10 minutes, and then I had to baby. (laughs) So we're really excited to see what's going to happen with this baby coming. I have another baby due just around the corner, Um, and it's been so great. While I loved my experience with Ivy, that's the best birth experience and pregnancy experience that I had had, it was short, having only that six weeks of midwifery care. But with this baby, I've really been able to walk through my whole pregnancy with the midwifery care model, see some of the differences in that, and absolutely just fall in love with it. Um, I've talked about birth before on my podcast. I've talked about my natural birth experience and really just how beautiful that was. Um, So it's something that I'm passionate about, but I'm so excited to have Rebecca here to talk more about the midwifery model of care. But before we jump into all of that, do you want to share a little bit about yourself, your family, and how you came to be a midwife? Sure. So I am Rebecca Mastaleski. I own and run Roots and Wings Midwifery in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I have four kids of my own. They are 18, 16, 13, and 11. Uh, We do homeschool, so they are home all the time, and I have found that the flexibility of homeschooling works really well with the unpredictability of midwifery. Yes. So I can imagine it'd be that. <laughs> it has been a great fit for our family, and we've loved the options that that gives us. So I came to be a midwife, like many people do in birth work, is through my own birth stories. I started with an OB when I was pregnant with my very first child, and unfortunately, I did have a miscarriage with my first baby, and that was heartbreaking. I've never been through anything like that before. And so when I got pregnant with my second, I went back to the OB and we were doing regular checkups in the beginning, checking labs and doing ultrasounds to make sure the pregnancy was looking okay. And because it was an OB group, every time I went in, I saw a different OB Mm -hmm. and I had to remind them why I was there. They'd be like, why are you here again? You're really early to be back so soon. And that was difficult because I felt like it was always scratching the scab off of a wound and 
um, I was complaining to my mom about it one time, and she said, well, I have a friend who just had a baby with some midwives. Maybe you want to look into that. And at the time, there was a birth center in Knoxville, and so I switched care to the midwives at the birth center, and I had just a wonderful experience getting care from them. They got to know me as an individual. I didn't have to introduce myself every time they came in, and my birth was amazing. I I had a very positive experience giving birth for the first time, and... So I went back to them for all of my kids and wanted to have babies three and four at home. But at the time, there wasn't a midwife in Knoxville who provided lab work and worked with doctors for ultrasounds. So it was kind of like you could have you could have that medical care, part of care, and have your baby at the birth center or at the mm-hmm. hospital. Or you could have your baby at home and then you had to forego that stuff. And neither my husband or I were really comfortable with going without all of that. (laughs) So we did have our babies with the birth center and that was fine. But once I had all my kids, I did train to be a doula and I started working as a doula. And as I got into the birth community, I found that I was not the only person who wanted that, that kind of wanted the mix of the two worlds. And so I found myself saying a lot, well, somebody really (laughs) needs to do that. We just need that option here. And then I... Long story short, God kind of hit me upside the head and was like, I'm talking to you. Yes. <laughs> and so I... You see the need. That's right. My dad would say, take the lead. <laughs> so I, I started midwifery school and and have been doing this ever since then. Yes. So you work with Roots and Wings. You run Roots and yes, Wings? Yes, I do. Okay. And how long has that been? So I started Roots and Wings when I graduated. So that was back in 2014. Okay. So we've been doing this for just about eight years now. Okay. Neat. Well, that's awesome. And that's who I am seeing. I have been with you guys for the tail end of Ivy and now with this full pregnancy. And it has just been such an amazing experience, such a different experience. Um, And I think just the biggest part of that has just been the education that I've received, this difference in care. And that's really what we want to talk about in today's episode is just showing the difference between really the two main models of care, which are is midwifery care and then more of a hospital um, OB approach. So I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you. If you want to share some of what that looks like, some of what your favorite aspects of that, some of your clients' favorite aspects, just kind of how that is different. Because I think sometimes, especially with me, when we talk about, you know, I've, I've had two hospital births and I've had a home birth now. And sometimes my friends think, you know, home birth, oh, the only difference is you were at home and you had no pain medication. <laughs> and, but it's so much more than that. There's so much more that goes into it. Um, so many more wonderful things than just no access to an epidural. Right. Um, so if, I'm just going to turn it over to you and just kind of let you take off with that. Okay. Well, I think the biggest difference in midwifery care and OB care is that midwives see birth as a normal physiological process. This is something that your body was made to do. And doctors are trained in a very different model of care. Doctors are trained to take care of people who are sick and need help. Pregnancy is the only time when a healthy person walks into the hospital and is expecting the doctor to do something for them. 
So their perspective on birth and pregnancy is very different from ours. We look at all of our clients and and expect them to continue on a normal, healthy trajectory. I will interject here. Midwives only work with healthy, low-risk clients. So everybody that we see, they do not have major medical conditions. There is no, no reason that has come up during their pregnancy that would require additional care by a physician. Mm -hmm. Doctors are the ones that work with all of the pregnancies that have anything additional going on when it, when it is not a healthy low risk pregnancy. So that is where they specialize in birth is to take care of the clients or the babies who are sick during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But most people do not fit in that category. Most of the time, because this is a normal thing for us as humans, Mm -hmm. right? We are made to have babies and keep growing for the next generation, yes. that you don't need anything more. What you what you do need is somebody to walk with you through this process. Mm-hmm. Um, both midwives and OBs have far more experience in birth than most moms do. Yes. <laughs> so I, was, I can speak to three births, and those are only mine. <laughs> so we are seen as the experts in the field. Yeah. Midwives are really the experts in normal childbirth. A, the majority of doctors will graduate from medical school and not have seen a natural childbirth because there will be some sort of intervention that has mm-hmm. happened. Um, so midwives really are the experts in normal natural childbirth. So if what you're wanting is a normal natural childbirth, the midwife is the expert in that field. So we recognize that there are things that can come up throughout your pregnancy. And that's what we feel like our job is in the medical aspect of thing is to be monitoring for that. Mm -hmm. So we do regular checkups and we, while you're in labor, we're going to monitor you and the baby because we're watching for those things but we don't necessarily expect them to happen because you're a healthy you're a healthy woman and you're growing a healthy baby and so the majority of the time that works out just like it's supposed to the other part of midwifery care that i think really makes the bigger impact is the one-on-one care we give our clients throughout their pregnancy we want to help educate you on what your options are what how you can feel the best during your pregnancy, how you can take the best care of your body so that you have as smooth a pregnancy and as smooth of a delivery and a wonderful postpartum recovery because we feel like all of that matters. We feel like birth matters, that birth is not just an event that takes place on one day of your life. It is a story that you're going to tell over and over again for the rest of your life. Most definitely. (laughs) And it is the stepping stone into motherhood for you. So it is, it is a big transformational event. It is not that much different from when you get married. Most of us spend a whole lot of time planning our (laughs) wedding day. We have visions of you know, like what our dress is going to look like or flowers or those sorts of things. Um, and even if you're not the kind of person that plans a wedding years in advance, you probably still cared what that day was like. Mm-hmm. Well, you knew it was going to be really a pivotal day right? in your story yes. because from that point on, everything changed. So the birth is the same way. Yeah. It is a pivotal day because after that point, everything changes. You are now a mom. And you are going to 
be caring for this child. You brought a new soul, a new life into the world, right? Like everything's different after that. And it really does matter. And I believe that you you can leave birth feeling confident and empowered and ready to take on this new task of parenting. Or you can leave birth feeling unsure and uncertain and questioning your capabilities. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it matters necessarily how your birth goes that makes the biggest difference. I think it matters if you're involved in the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. If birth is something that happened to you or if birth was something that you, you did, you gave birth, you made the choices, you were informed and educated and you made the decisions that helped bring your baby earthside. Mm -hmm. I think that matters a lot. And so as midwives, we work a lot with people about helping educate them on nutritionally throughout their pregnancy, how they can take the best care of their body, um, how they can stay active and feel the best. We Every time we meet with people, we're talking to them about all of these normal pregnancy aches and pains that can come <laughs> up, right? Um you do have a new person growing inside yes. of your body. So some of that is normal, but we really do want you to feel the best because that helps you feel capable and confident, right? If you're walking around and you're having trouble moving, that that affects how you feel. Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time talking about those kind of day-to-day -day practical things that you can do throughout your pregnancy, both to feel better now and to help you get ready for birth. And then also... We help people prepare for the postpartum. I think sometimes when you're in a, with an OB, there's this whole big buildup to birth, and then you have your baby, and they're like, bye, see you later, goodbye. <laughs> Come back in six weeks. <laughs> That's and right. I hope the baby's still alive. <laughs> That's right. So midwives provide a lot of lactation support. Mm -hmm. If you're planning to breastfeed, they can be a great resource for helping to make sure that gets off to the best start. And really just helping you know your options we really value informed consent, and part of informed consent is helping you know the pros and the cons of something mm -hmm. and and recognizing that your experience and your your opinions on that matter. Mm -hmm. um, we want to build a relationship with you so that as we're talking through these things, we trust your opinion, you trust our opinion, and we can put all of that information together to yes. make the best decision. Well, and I was recently reading something that said, I think the average OB visit is around seven minutes. <laughs> so it worked that with how many OB visits you had. And I don't even think you saw them quite two hours throughout your whole yeah. pregnancy. Now you're talking about, you know, postpartum support and breastfeeding support and aches and, you know, it takes more than seven minutes to yes, talk about does. those things, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So how does a midwife appointment look a little bit different than an OB okay, appointment? Yeah. So when you go to an OB, it's pretty traditional for a nurse to be the one who checks you in and she'll get your vitals and um, weigh you and all of that good stuff. And then you wait in the room for a little while and the doctor eventually comes in and sees you for about seven minutes, it sounds <laughs> like. With a midwife, you just see the midwife for your whole appointment. Um, we, we schedule our day for the people we're seeing so that you have... Um, the whole time slot that you're there, basically you walk in at your, your appointment time. And I will say sometimes we're running late, but usually it's only by like 10 or 15 minutes that you might have to wait. And then you come in for your appointment. We 
see you one-on-one for that whole appointment, that whole time. I think our average appointment time is about 45 minutes. So we'll be talking with you for that whole time about, and it's not just about getting you ready for birth. We know we talk about pregnancy-related stuff. We talk about postpartum-related stuff. We talk about emotionally how you're feeling um, and and all of that to make sure that you're feeling supported throughout this whole journey. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a lot of difference because you get to know us and we get to know you. Yes. And that makes for a really fun relationship. <laughs> yes, and it was so different being in a situation where my opinion mattered or that maybe I didn't even realize I had an opinion but you were willing to take the time to educate me and then let me know you do have an opinion. Now let's go from here. And, you know, so much of that, I'm I'm thinking about my birth experiences and, you know, there, there were some things that because of the amount of time, because of that relationship that we had, you know, you knew what I was hoping for. We kind of knew what hopefully it would look like, you know, and things didn't go quite as according to plan. I became very quickly. I didn't get my tub and all of that. But you know, it wasn't like in the moment of birth, I was trying to communicate these things or you were trying to communicate. I'm, I'm just thinking, for example, with my first, it took, I pushed for about two hours to get her out. Um, knowing what I know now, I was in the absolute worst position to try to get her in the way that she was stuck. Um, but I, here I am after two hours of pushing, overhearing the doctor talk to the nurses, prepping for an episiotomy. And I was like, whoa, wait, you didn't ask me. Like mm-hmm. I intervened in that moment because I just happened to have enough clarity to hear. Yeah. And you know, that was, that's just one example. Um, but I think the difference to me so much, and again, I only got a little brief window with Ivy and now I'm really leaning into it with this pregnancy but is, is getting educated, is realizing that you actually care what I have to say. And am I, am I the medical professional? No. You know, does my Google search teach me as much as you know? Absolutely not. But I am the mom mm-hmm. and I do know my body. And at this point I have had a couple other births. And it is your body. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am actually paying you to deliver right. my baby, you know? And that's another thing I was just reading. Um, this interaction with this mom and this doctor and she was it was similar situation I don't think it was a episiotomy but something where she was saying okay well no it's my baby it's my body we're this is how I want to do it and he's just like no it's not it's my baby this is how I deliver my babies and you know yeah so complete breakdown there yeah but but just in realizing that we're kind of a team in this Mm -hmm. and we work together through this. Um, I'm even thinking some things that I didn't even realize that were options. And that's what really I'm hoping to achieve in this podcast, not to say this way is better than this way or anything like that, but just the realization that you have options. Yeah. And the more, you know, the better you can make that choice. Um, at the end of my pregnancy, with Ivy as I was preparing for birth, we were talking through some of those newborn procedures, some of it, things that I didn't really even know happened. I mean, I knew the doctors whisked my baby away, you know, jab this, wipe this, and you know, here's my little baby. (laughs) But you know, in your model of care, we're talking through these things. You know, this is what this shot does. This is what this ointment does. Um, you know, do, are, are you interested in those? Okay, whoa, am I interested? I actually have a choice here. 
you know, and, and I didn't know what to answer to say. So I was like, okay, well talk to me. What is, what are the pros? What are the cons? Learning that, Hey, this really, if, if this set of circumstances doesn't apply to you, then this intervention really isn't even necessary. So yes. though it's standard for every hospital birth, you don't really need it, and that's a choice you can make. And so it started me on a path of just realizing, wow, this model of care is totally different, and that really has had me on a path of education. And the more that I learn, the more fascinated I am yes. by just this natural process of birth. I think there's, well, there's a popular phrase in the birth world that is, if you don't know your options, you don't have any. And I think that is so very true. And I think you can see that even in some small nuanced things like cervical exams come to mind. If you're with an OB and you're giving birth in the hospital, at some point in time, somebody's going to walk in the room and say, okay, we're going to check your cervix now. Whereas if you're at home with a midwife, a lot of us don't do them unless we feel like there's something different going on that we need mm-hmm. to check for. But even then, what we're going to say is, I think we could get some good information with a cervical check. How do you feel about doing that? And that puts that power back in your hands to uh, give you that option. And, you know, it's your body. It's your choice. So you get to say, like, yes, I want to do this or no, I don't want you to do that. Well, and another that was another thing with Ivy that really was just kind of a mind-blowing thing. My The way my past births have worked, I tend to dilate weeks before mm-hmm. I have my babies. So I can sit on a six or a seven yes. and go for several <laughs> weeks. But, you know, from what the OB told me, the, cl- the higher that number gets, the more likely your baby is to come out. So at the end of my pregnancy with Ivy, you weren't checking that every no. time. And I was like, what's going on? I, know- I already know from my OB appointment, I'm a six. Like, I want to know, am I having the baby tomorrow? Am I an eight yet? You know, so I remember kind of this, like, are you going to check me? Are you-? And finally, I think one appointment, I was kind of like, aren't you going to check? Like, yes. shouldn't we know this? And then you went on to, to educate me that, hey... That number isn't actually a magical number where right. as soon as you're at 10, out comes the baby. Right. And I didn't even know that. <laughs> I just thought, hey, like, I'm looking at my calendar and I want to know how dilution <laughs> lines up with this. But the, all those pieces fitting together and just having somebody, having a provider who's there for me, helping me learn, helping me figure these things out, because you are the one with all of the knowledge, <laughs> but I am the one that it's happening to. Right. So pairing that together yes. is just invaluable. Yeah, you have to be a team. You know, I have the information, but you're the one. It's your body. You're the one living this experience. You're the one with the intuition and all of the feelings going on about what's happening. And so it takes it takes teamwork. Yeah. And I know with my first baby, you know, as soon as I saw those pink lines, I didn't even realize there was any other option other than find a clo- OB close by, set up an appointment, and have the baby in the hospital. And, you know, that that might be the route that some people want, and great. But I came to realize through more babies that that wasn't the only option that was out there, that I had other choices that I could make. My doula was very instrumental um, in that with Ivy. We actually, I knew I wanted a natural birth experience with her. That was a huge step for me, coming from an epidural birth and then an induced epidural birth. Um, 
But, you know, we briefly talked about home birth, my husband and I, and he just immediately was like, gross. I'll never be able to sleep in my bed again if you have a baby there. And, um, you know, so that that's where we were. We're like, okay, well, we're just going to have a doula, natural birth in the hospital. Um, like I said, then COVID came. That gave my midwife the opportunity and gave us the listening ear to just simply be like, hey, if you're uncomfortable, there are options. And if you want to talk about it, I'm educated and I can talk about it. And we had that conversation. And through that, the Lord just completely changed our hearts, changed our paths. Simeon was all on board. And as much as I loved my home birth, and as much as I'm looking forward to having another baby at home, Lord willing, he's the one that like introduces our kids and then gets to Ivy and is like, by the way, did you know that she was born at home? And it was the coolest thing ever. And I always tease him. I'm like, I'm going to get you like a home birth shirt or something. But it was just the transformation that happened when we realized we had options and we just educated ourselves, and then from that point, made the best decision for our family. A lot of people, I think, don't realize how wonderful of an experience birth can be. We hear that a lot from dads who, you know, a lot of dads going into it are a little hesitant. They worry about the mess, it's true. Um, And as I tell them all, Yes, there is an element of mess and unpredictability to birth, but this is not our first birth. Yes. It's not the first time we've helped somebody give birth. I think that was birth. when we looked into your website. That's one of the first things to me and saw is you answered the question, what about the mess? That's right. Like, okay, we can, we can manage. <laughs> we do try to leave your house looking as good or better than it was when we got there yes. because we don't want you to have to clean that up. But we hear that a lot from dads. And then the other thing we hear is just about the safety of home birth. They worry about your safety and the safety of baby. And and that's that's their role, right? That's yeah. that's who they are as people. So we we do address that too for for partners to know that your health and safety and baby's health and safety is our top priority. We would love to help everybody that we work with have a home birth, but that is not the best thing for everybody that we work with. And mm-hmm. so we do occasionally transfer and um, we have protocols in place for that. We set up an emergency plan for everybody to know like where we're going to go and how far away that is and what to expect in a situation like that because there are things that can come up. But taking care of the the two of you is what we're always going to be doing. That's that's our role in it is to mm-hmm. make sure you guys are healthy. And the majority of the time that doesn't happen. I recently did our birth st- statistics and 95% of clients who went into labor with us had their baby at home. So that's that's what happens if you when you have and that's, I think, what's important to remember about birth. Birth is a normal physiological process. Mm-hmm. This is something your body knows how to do. If you would just step out of the way and let your body do the work that it's doing, it will complete it in a healthy, normal way. You don't have, you know, interventions that happen in the hospital, um, they can throw that process off course. Well, and the hospital is really set up for people who are sick or have yes. problems. Yes. Whereas, and, and you said, you know, if if you have a pregnancy that is at risk or a baby that is at risk, home birth isn't the right choice right. for you. But like you said, most yes. pregnancies are. Mm-hmm. But that mentality already puts it in a different pathway, I guess, yes. of outcome. Absolutely. 
As midwives, we also have a, a phrase that we call tincture of time. There are things that can come up in birth, whether that is things take longer than we think they might be should take, and or you know maybe there's some start and stop with labor. And when you have a healthy mom and a healthy baby, if you just leave it alone, most of the time it works itself out. Um, when you get in there and you start messing with it, um, you can sometimes create more problems. Well, and as I've done some research, it it seems that, especially in the hospital, one intervention usually leads to another, which Mm -hmm. leads to another, which could lead to a completely different birth outcome than you thought because all of a sudden we might have this mayday situation where had we backed it up and not set ourselves on that course, it could have been avoidable. And. That, if you look at training, that's how doctors are trained. Doctors are trained, if this thing is going on, this is how you help it. Mm-hmm. And so they are following their training by doing that. Um, midwives are often trained to sit on our hands. <laughs> and so um, I, I joke with people that it's really funny that I'm a midwife because um, I'm not the most patient person I've ever met. And yet... <laughs> Here I am. You have plenty of opportunities to practice. <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm like, and that's Not why God has birth, brought me but... here. God brought me here because he's like, you need extra opportunities for that. <laughs> but, but yes, we, we sit on our hands because we know that as long as you and baby are doing fine, the best thing we can do is leave you alone. Yeah. We're going to monitor you. We're going to make sure you guys are both still sounding fine. There's nothing else going on other than that. Maybe it's just not going like we expected it to, but everybody's doing fine, Mm -hmm. so we're just going to let you keep going. Well, and I love that too. Again, (laughs) my home birth was so fast, I didn't get to process through labor quite like I had thought that I would, not that that was a terrible thing, (laughs) but, you know, and you mentioned the cervical exams. I'm just thinking in my hospital births, you know, I didn't quite have the opportunity to connect with Simeon through birth, like... I thought we might. I mean, he was there. He held my hand, you know, but it was just very much, okay, this check, that check, do this, do Mm -hmm. that. Whereas in the, if if I would have had more than 10 minutes, you know, I was looking forward to that bonding that we would have working through this together and really him having a much more active part in bringing this life that we both created into the world. Um, So I don't know what, opportunities I'll get with this next you might birth. Get more. But, That's right. <laughs> but I do I and I love that part. And there are so many different aspects of the different care models that I have come to appreciate or come to kind of question. And I know recently I was watching a documentary about birth. Um and it was talking about how that even some of the training has become very different in the two models of care. Um it is convenient and it is easier when you have so many clients, so many births. Um, I mean, I'm thinking one hospital here locally posted their stats of how many babies they had born this year. And it was like insane. I mean, tons of babies a day. And when you have that much, you know, it's nice to say, all right, we're going to, we're going to schedule these out. We're going to keep these moving swiftly. I can't sit on my hands Mm -hmm. for 24 hours because I have other things going on. But because of that, some of those interventions have been implemented to speed things along, not in the best 
care, really, of mom and baby. But in this documentary, it was saying, for example, breech birth. Um, how that, you know, I always thought if your baby's breech, you have cesarean, that's it, no question, no option. Um, but it was saying in through, in through this movie that the hospital staff, the doctors aren't trained in how to work through that. So there is no option. The safest option is to just everybody to go for the C-section. Whereas the midwifery model, that there actually is training in how we can do this and it can be done successfully. Yes, absolutely. So it's true. The, the doctors are not trained in breech birth anymore in the medical um, institutions. There was a study that came out, I think it was in 2000. It's called the term breech birth trial. And their conclusion at the end of that study was that having a vaginal breech birth was not in the best interest of mom and baby. And so their recommendation was that everybody who had a breech birth, breech baby give birth by cesarean. And that really impacted the training of the doctors. The, the universities stopped training in breech birth because they were like, this is not safe. So we were just going to give everybody a cesarean and that will keep moms and babies safer. Mm -hmm. But over time they found that wasn't actually the case. And there have been some more studies that have been done since then re-examining breech birth. And in questioning that original study, they found that the information may not be the most accurate because not all of the providers in that study had been trained on breech birth. And that is one thing that really impacts the safety of having a vaginal breech birth is whether or not your provider is trained and skilled to know what to do to facilitate a breech birth. Mm -hmm. So if if a number of births in that original study were not trained providers, that's going to impact the, the outcomes that they had. So there have been studies that have been done since then that show that breech birth should be an option, but that is not how still the universities are functioning. So doctors are still not being trained in breech birth. And I will say, if you don't have a provider who's trained and skilled in breech birth, your best option is to have a cesarean mm -hmm. because that does impact the safety for you and for baby. Um, midwives, um, I can't say all midwives have that as part of their training, but there are a number of midwives that do get that breech birth training. Mm -hmm. And that can be an option for some people. And just even knowing that that's an option can direct you down the path of looking into options for breech birth. You know, your your doctor may say, oh, your baby's breech, so let's schedule your cesarean. Well, there's actually several options in between there mm -hmm. of what you, things you can do and try and care you can receive to try and help turn your baby around. So yeah. just even knowing that there are options between the two can be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, know what you want to do next. Yeah. And I know when I was pregnant with Ivy, towards the end, she was not in the right position. And you recommended that I try chiropractic care yeah. and one adjustment and she turned and stayed <laughs> turned, you know, but that I had never had that before, but I had never really had a provider before that worked me through that in between. Okay. You know, how can we possibly change this or, um, group B strep? I was positive with my first two pregnancies. I think I was positive with Ivy. And I didn't even realize that you could try to change that yes. and get a different outcome. And you walked me through that with Ivy, and we did. I was negative when she was born. But things like that, that I just, I wasn't even fully aware of. 
that have played into it, or even, I, I mentioned the chiropractic, but even things like just the emphasis on exercise and supporting your body for yeah. pregnancy and birth <laughs> and then into postpartum, um, the, the nutritional emphasis, you know, I know I tend to put an emphasis on that in pregnancy just because I don't want to gain a bunch of weight, but it's important post-pregnancy too during that yes. postpartum period to have the encouragement to, hey, eat well. These are foods that are going to support you, that are going to support baby as your nursing baby. And that has just been so helpful. I know another thing that I have enjoyed this pregnancy is that Simeon and I have decided to have our oldest more involved in the pregnancy. So Eden is five, um, and she's very mature for her age. She is very intrigued by all things science and human body, and it just it fascinates her. She's just all about the baby and wants to see how much it's grown and all these different things. And I we talked about it, we prayed about it, and we just felt comfortable having her as involved as she is comfortable. So we've been kind of walking her through this pregnancy with us. And that in and of itself has been so amazing. But my last appointment, I actually brought her to the appointment. First time I'd ever shown up in an appointment with a kid. Um, but you all welcomed her so much and made her a part of that appointment. I remember she went and found these pelvic bones on the ground and this baby <laughs> and picked him up. And one of the girls is talking to her about how the bones move and how the baby fits through the bones. Um, she got to help with my blood pressure. She got to hear the baby's heartbeat. And that really was such a neat thing for her. It made her day and it led us to some really great mom-daughter conversations. I know she's little, but she's curious and you recommended watching some animal birth videos. So we've been doing that. And so I'm so excited, even just for my own pregnancy, but as a mom raising this next generation of girls who might grow up and become moms themselves, to try whatever birth choice they make, to try to remove the element of fear. Um, I'm just even thinking my first birth experience, as I talk to friends who it's their first birth experience, it is, it's this scary, traumatic, like, am I going to make it? Am I going to be able to do it? Of course you're going to be able to do it. You were made to do it. You know, and, and that's what I'm hoping that I can accomplish as I teach my girls, as we just live out birth as a natural part of our life, hey, this is how God created for a baby to come to the world, oh, that's and right. you're going to be right by my side. She <laughs> and she loves to do my little exercises with me. I love that. You know, she tells my husband, "Oh, we're you know getting strong to have the baby," and I'm like, "Well, you got like 20 years, but but I love her being a part." And that's just an again one glimpse of the midwifery care model that was so different. I would never have even had that option. You know, especially now with the way protocol yeah. is and all of that, I would never have had that choice that I could work through yeah. if I wanted to make it. And I'm excited to have our family more involved in that and to help teach her and yes. use this opportunity to hopefully give her a good I birth love experience. That. Yeah, I think it makes such a difference because I think all of us, whether we have realized it or not, whether it's conscious or subconscious along the way, we have had things that we've heard or read or saw that have shaped our ideas of birth. Mm -hmm. And most of the time for us, they are scary. You see people on TV or in the movies giving birth and they're screaming and it's like life or death. And Well, I'm the oldest of four. 
My brother is 18 months younger than me. I was not there for his birth. My sister is 10 years younger than me, and I was there for her birth. And my mom had always had medicated births. That was her plan for my sister. And she came quickly, and she did not get the medicine. And it, she was not prepared in any yeah. sense of the situation for natural birth. And it was traumatic. Yeah. And, and as a 10-year-old, I had had none of the preparation, none of the involvement. So it, it was horrifying. I didn't know if I'd leave with the mom. And then I was 15 when my youngest brother was born. I was also there for his birth, and for that one, my mom had the epidural. We conversed during the whole birth. Totally different experience, and I remember leaving that thinking, that is what I need. I can't, you can't get through birth without epidural. Yes, (laughs) and so that's, that was my experience. I had a terrible one, and I had a good one that I experienced, Yeah. but knowing what I know now, this situation was so different because there was none of this preparatory. There was none of this preparation and teaching and coaching, whether it was on her part as the one giving birth or my part as the child. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it did shape me, and it did shape some of my thoughts. And our culture presents it as just this horrible thing that you just have to get through to get the cute little baby. Um, But it's not. No, it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) I've done it, and it's not. Was it hard? Absolutely. Did it hurt? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it was the most beautiful thing I think I've ever done. It can be a really big accomplishment for Mm -hmm. you. You know, people choose to do all sorts of things in life. Like people choose to run marathons and I will never (laughs) choose to run a marathon and that is totally fine. Yes. But for people who choose to run a marathon, they have a huge high afterwards and they feel so confident and like proud of themselves and Birth can be that too. If you're wanting to have a natural birth, is it going to be hard work? Yes. Babies, unfortunately, don't just fall out. Mm -hmm. So we have to work for that. But it is a normal thing, and it is something that you can work through. And a lot of people find after the fact that they, it's not a runner's high, but there is a high that comes after that of just feeling capable of, you know, like I mentioned before, capable of this next step, this this job of parenting that is ahead of you, you feel like you can do it. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of, wow, I did that. I can do anything. <laughs> well, and in so many areas of our life, Simeon and I have the conversation often that hard doesn't always mean bad. Right. I think sometimes when we come against something that's hard or that's difficult or that takes a lot out of us we immediately bulk and like uh, mm-hmm. I want the easy way around this sure but there is such a reward gleaned when you work through hard absolutely and is it hard yeah but it doesn't have to be bad there can be a great right. reward at the end and I think one different thing with birth is that you know a lot of people are afraid of the pain of birth and pain usually has negative connotations for us it means there's something wrong mm-hmm. and one just helpful mind shift that you can make as you get ready for birth is to remind yourself that there's nothing wrong, that all of the hard work your body is doing is good and it's for a purpose and that it's helping you birth your baby. And so the, the intensity of it, while yes, painful, doesn't mean that there's a problem. That mm-hmm. pain is for a purpose and that is to birth your baby. 
Well, this has been so great. Um, I will link in the show notes where they can find information about Roots and Wings for my local listeners. Excellent. So for those that aren't local, and if they want to pursue this option, where is the best place to find information on how to find a midwife? The best place is the internet. Thank goodness for the (laughs) internet, right? Go online. You should have um, either a state midwifery association that you can get in touch with. They might have a website that has a list of midwives in your state. And Facebook is also a really great place to go. There are often local Facebook groups Mm -hmm. that you can connect with. You can talk to other people that have worked with the midwives in your area. Midwives, like people, we're all a little bit different, right? And it can be really helpful to meet with all of the midwives in your area so that you can find the one that you're like, yes. Yes. You're the and one you I can connect do with. a consultation. Yeah. Think, yes. Midwives will do a free interview. You can meet with them, talk with them, meet them face to face and see if, if what, if their personality, their midwifery style jives with you. And if you guys connect well, and that is the beginning of a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> and let me wrap up with this question because some people might be asking this because I know I once did. Do you have to start with this model of care? Or is this something that, hey, I'm pregnant. This is intriguing to me. I want to know my options. Can I jump in at any of the nine-month point? It is never too late to look into your options. I will say there are a couple of things that will impact that. Some midwives will book up. So unlike a doctor, we're not going to take just as many people as come our way. We have a limit of how many people we will take at a time. And if we have that many people already in our care, we won't take more because we do want to provide good quality care to the people that we're working with. Um, so you, you, as soon as you think you might want to, I do recommend getting in touch with the midwives around you. And then the other thing is some midwives will have a limit on if you can be if they will take you if you haven't already had prenatal care. Mm-hmm. I know for me, our practice, we will not take anybody who is 28 weeks or more and has not had any prenatal care just because of the liability of taking that on in the third trimester. So um, as long as you've been having prenatal care, though, you can switch anytime you want to. The, the latest we've had somebody join our practice is we did have somebody that we met with. We did an initial appointment on a Friday, signed all of the paperwork, and she called us on Saturday morning in labor. So Wow, what a turnaround. And I That's thought right. I was rushing in with six weeks to spare. <laughs> well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. Such helpful information that I really hope will just help give options and help educate other moms out there. So Absolutely. thanks so much. Thank you. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.